Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Braley. The scenario is Mr. Corbett. It was written by Michael DeWolf, and it appears in Mansions of Madness. It's one of my favorite scenarios, and this will be the third time we have run it. I am the Game Master, and this is episode four. Our recap will be given by David Gasway as his character, um, Peter Harrow. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. David. Thanks, Tom. You, th you think you know your neighbors. Uh, a quiet neighborhood like this in a, a quiet town like Arkham, Massachusetts. You live across the street for somebody for 10, 15 years or more and get to know their habits and comings and goings. And then very abruptly, Everything can seem wrong. For one thing, I never would have pegged Bernard Corbett for a pagan. I mean, I haven't seen him in church, but there are plenty of churches he could have chosen. But um, my recent visit to his home and uh, a sort of shrine he has there to Indian belief suggests that, well, Bernard Corbett is not a Christian as such. And that's just the most recent little curiosity after a very strange series of events. First of all, after, on a perfectly normal afternoon of cards, a couple of my neighbors, trusted reasonable people, thought that they saw him drop the severed arm of a human child as he entered his home. And that seems to have triggered some kind of psychological break in our neighbor, Survey Leroy, who apparently had uh, an assistant of his tried to break into Corbett's import-export shop in town, and then, and then Corbett and he had a visit in Leroy's house. And shortly after Corbett left, Survey Leroy tore shrieking onto the street in a state of madness pulling his clothes off and eventually collapsing at the end of the street where he died. Jacobus has um, noted, well, he noticed at the time that there was, there were some peculiarities about Leroy's body, suggestions perhaps of something like an allergic reaction. And he's since found in Leroy's glass, but not, Bernard Corbett's residue of something like spores. Bernard has mentioned fungus. In fact, he explained that mysterious limb as a tree branch with fungus on it. So was he growing something? Poor Eugène went to try to peer in the cellar to see if there were mushroom baths and fled in a panic when Bernard drove up. We're all Newly afraid of our mild-mannered, pleasant neighbor, Bernard Corbett. And again, he explained to me just now, as I'll explain to my friends when I return to our 4th of July barbecue, that the reason he doesn't want to visit with us on holidays is because it reminds him of the holidays he spent with his wife before she died in their home in childbirth. Now he prefers to be alone on important days. 
And so uh, back to the grill with me to prepare some more food. It's a pleasant July day and we're making the best of it, but there is a, a pall over our quiet neighborhood and many unanswered questions. All right. And so the barbecue goes on. Um, there are moments when you manage to forget the problems, but they're immediately followed by remembering and feeling guilty. Um, it's all very confusing to all of you. Um, what would you like to discuss or plan or do next? Well, fellas, um, I don't know. Do I, any of you know anything about this Bhagavad Gita book, the Indian, some sort of Indian Hindu religious thing? I have I, no idea. His living room is like a shrine, I tell you. I mean, this painting is the strangest thing we've ever seen. But the things in his shop, I think, tend more toward like pleasant carvings of elephants. And this painting is kind of gory and strange, this god with different colors and has a million limbs. And, and then he's got this book out to this page where uh, the king of the gods says that, you know, he is death incarnate and we're nothing to him. It's really... You know, it's pretty grim for a, such a pleasant guy. Well, yes, Jacobus. Do you think he believes in, in, in that God? Or it's just a fancy, like a curiosity? I don't think he's worshipping anything. But the way he described the interesting concepts, as he, as he said in the book, this idea that, you know, life and death don't mean anything in this cosmos. I mean, I can see that been comforting to a man who's seen so much death. And uh, when we were talking about the fact that you'd found something in Surveys' glass, he was speculating like a mystery reader about arsenic and so on, but he didn't mention any organic compounds like things you might grow that are poisonous like foxglove or nightshade or anything i don't know it's kind, of, kind of weird it's i him feel being, him being someone that actually grows plants and he should he should have quite a substantial amount of knowledge around things like that or suggest or, or, and curiosity about that point rather than moving on to other things. You'd think that he'd be yeah. curious about, especially since I, th I think I mentioned that there were spores. You'd think that would perk his ears right up, but on the contrary, he didn't. It seems like, you know, there are hidden depths to our nature, and to my surprise, they might be unwholesome. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to your getting. Uh, a report from a toxicologist or an autopsy or anything from your friend at the hospital because I really want to know whether what happened to Gervais is a strange coincidence or something to be afraid of. 
are, are they not uh, vegetarians um, from that part of the world? Um, I think that there are, I, they, I, they don't eat cows, but I think they eat other animals. Would I know anything about the, the religions from that part of the world? I know maybe the Greeks may have crossed over. Um, certain... I mean, tell me what you want to know and then do an occult role. Um, anything to do with... Um, Human sacrifice, maybe. Okay. Do a do a, do an occult role. Probably no. Ninety nine out of five percent. Oh yeah, they all they all eat people. <laughs> you have no idea. What I know is they have no historical evidence or anything. Do a history. I wouldn't know. I mean, you are a historian. All, um, all, all I know is that they possibly have different habits depending on where they are in the country, just like France, from what I remember. No luck on that. Nope. Nope. Um, Eugene, you can do a, a history role if you are trying to mm -hmm. remember something. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this, but I'm not sure of it at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you're just not sure. Perhaps um, there's something in the university library that could uh, enlighten us on this particular Actually, yeah. de deity that you saw in his house, uh, Peter, did you did you catch a name? Oh, there were a few. It was Arjun talking to uh, Vishnu. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing these things right. But uh, the quotation that was so striking was something like, I am become death, which you know, even in the Old Testament, and I said this right to Bernard, you know, that's pretty harsh sounding, even for Jehovah, certainly not, you know, the love and the light and so on. I'm going to send a clerk from the office when we're back at, at work to um, to look into the records about his wife's passing and well, a boy child or a girl child sure uh well i'll tomorrow when i'm back at the university i'll um see if i can find some more information about this um arjuna from from the library uh, i don't, I don't do know what else he, i could do do you think that not relates to the god as seeing himself in it i'm just thinking has he has he has he has his belief or his interest in this god start prior to his father's death post his father's death post his 
wife's death or is it something that I mean, if he sees himself as, as, as death, the destroyer, and this is really far-fetched, but that would kind of give us a pattern, maybe just suppressed it until Savar triggered it again. Well, the, has the business significantly changed since he took over? The, uh, are they, no. no. He's maintained it very well. Why are we fighting again? Uh, so he has, he has a couple of employees as well, which um, you might you'd have access to. <laughs> that would be a bit extreme, anyway. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. We could we could talk to the we fellows at the shop. Stan's the salesman, and then he's got those those uh, sort of mover types. See if they've. But also maybe we're maybe Survey put something in his own liquor because he's been taking something. I mean, again, he's been he's the one who seems like crazy. Yeah, uh, are Bernard staff American? Yes. Arkham. Well, I'll 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 drop around the university tomorrow and speak to your friend Horatio, just to get some some additional feedback on on what I found, and then we we can take it from there. I think. Um. So at this stage, we we just speculate. Hmm. Um, keeper. It's it's pretty much it's almost the height of the growing season, early July. How does does Bernard just leave baskets of produce on our stoops? How does that usually go? Yes, um, usually on uh, like uh, sometime on Saturday, um, uh, but it it happens sometimes during the week. It just depends on the abundance of what he's got. Um, he he probably supplied a bit of cob corn for today. Right. Given Possibly he doesn't grow as much corn because it takes up a lot of room. Um, right. But a lot of tomatoes, tomatoes and, and squash and things like that. And he, he, um, he doesn't leave us any uh, exotic produce at all. Yeah, he doesn't have any exotic. Yeah, right. and never we determined it was we had never seen a mushroom. To date, I don't think the the growing of mushrooms was as popular in the United States yet. Anyways, um, uh, and you guys probably tend to leave baskets on his front porch. You know, once the baskets finished, your wives probably do most of this. Um, so I assume that the barbecue ends earlier than usual and on a sour, more sour note. Yeah. Probably if Survey were alive, he'd be uh, pouring some fresh gin at 6.30, but instead we're all sort of ready to stop being public. All right. I mean, damn, damn, that, that's grimmer than my shop and my shop is filled with coffins. 
so sometime, uh, so that's July 4th, Wednesday, July 4th. Or is it Tuesday? Hold on. I think it might be Tuesday. <clears throat> My first was Sunday. Monday was the second. Yeah, so it's Wednesday. All right. Um, so the, the, the evening winds down and you guys end up going home. Do you want to do anything tonight? Or do you want to do something and start tomorrow? We can skip ahead. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> I was thinking maybe for an hour before I go to sleep, um, instead of reading, which is my usual routine, um, I use my spyglass to keep an eye on Corbett's. Okay. Backyard. Do, do, a, do a spot hidden wall. <clears throat> Nothing. You don't see the gigantic, uh, no, I mean, you don't see anything happen in the backyard. Um, it's both. All right, so next morning comes. Uh, uh, I don't know if you'd have the day after 4th of July, probably not. Um, so we'll assume you're going back, you go back to work today. Whoa. I think in the 20s, it was a one day holiday. Right. The university will probably be open, surely. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, all right, so uh, Horatio, what are you going to do to the, today? Um, I'll cycle in. I probably won't have any lectures myself this day, but um, I'll, I'll cycle in in the morning. Okay. And um, head for the library, unless Jacobus wanted to come come in with me. In that case, I, c I can join you. I mean, if you're driving, I could catch a lift off you. Yeah, we can, we can, we can arrange that. Okay, should not be a problem. So, Jakobus, you probably have an assistant oh, no, no, no. that uh, takes care of the yeah. pharmacy when you're not there. Yeah, Ginny, Ginny opens up in the mornings when I'm a little bit late. All right. Uh, so the two of you are heading towards the university. Peter, what are you doing? No. Um, yeah, mostly regular day at the office, but I do have I do send a trusted clerk off with some questions for town hall about birth and death records. Okay. And uh, Eugene, what are you going to do? Well, the thing is, I'm gonna go to work first, and uh, you know, making coffees as grim as it as it may sound. All right. So you're just doing your work. Okay. For now, yeah. All right. Uh, let's start with, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and do Jacobus and, uh, and Horatio. Um, so you guys head to the university um, and you're going to check out, you're going to go to the library? Uh, I'm going to head for the library and um, but maybe introduce Jacobus to um, the, the camp, the the chemist. Botanist. botanist. Chemist. Okay, the botanist. All right. Um, 
All right, let's do the botanist. Uh, botanist is uh, uh, Jim Jenkins, Dr. Jim Jenkins. Um, ah, Horatio, how are you this morning? Um, not, not too bad, not too bad. Um, happy 4th of July, oh, by the way. Happy 4th of July, too. I hope you had a good good day. Um, so, so. <laughs> what can I do for you? Um, I'd like you to. I'd like to introduce you to my friend Jacobus, uh, a good neighbor of mine. Very nice to meet you. Um, he, you, Dr. Jenkins. Uh, I believe he has some questions about. Oh, um, sure. Some things that maybe you could help us with. Of course. Uh, what can I do for you? Well, Dr. Jenkins, the thing is, um, I, f I found the. Um, a, a strange residue in, inside a glass, and um, which I would like you to have a look at. And I'll explain the whole story behind this glass and what's inside it after you've had a look. Uh, I don't want to, to cloud your judgment, so to speak. Well, if you, if you don't mind having a, a look at it, um, to me it looks like something organic that's inside it, uh, maybe a, a spore or some kind of seed. And I would love if you can just have a squeeze and, and maybe you can identify it if possible. Has, has this been chemically analyzed? Do we have any idea what chemicals are present or? Well, even the alcohol, uh, there were whiskey in the glass, but um, I have no idea what, what, the, what the substance is. So you suspect it's some kind of a, well, we'll just say a toxin or a poison of some sort. Um, that's yes. what we're we're working on. Um, so he examines it under the microscope, and as he's looking, he's like, "Well, there's definitely some particulates here that are um, probably parts of a plant, leaf, you know, parts. Mm -hmm. um, it's been ground like a spice, so it's you know, I can I can only tell that I can't." identify what what it came from yeah. chemical analysis might give you some indication of what yeah. toxins might be present um and if it's plant-based there are a huge variety of plants uh, that could be used as toxins some more more effective than others um, there's plants growing in people's front yard gardens that are toxic um, some of them toxic enough to kill people um, now, the spore. I am not a mycologist, but from the shape of it, the symmetrical shape of it, I would think it's some kind of a <laughs> mushroom spore. Um, you know, there is a doctor, um, uh, Dr. Don Wells. Uh, I happen to know him. He works at the uh, Central City Hospital. Um, he is in the, uh, I believe he's a surgeon, but uh, he's also an amateur mycologist. And he would probably be able to track down possibly what mushroom this is. It's uh, oh. probably has, I mean, that's, that's what mycologists do as their hobby is they, they look at mushroom spores and 
identify them. <laughs> because once again, there's millions of them. Yes, now understood. Um, well, well, I think we've, um, Horatio, we've, 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 we've made some progress. At least we now have confirmation that this is, is plant-based that's inside it. Hmm. Right, so it could be anything. But if if Dr. Dr. Wells can um, shed more light, then we definitely should pursue that avenue of, of uh, questioning. Indeed, indeed. Um, thank you for your time, um, Doctor. Of course, Professor. of course. All right. So you leave him and you head over. What to, you were going to check the library as well? I was going to go to the library. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, right. I haven't I haven't any uh, any lectures today. I'm I'll be quite happy to uh, accompany you to the hospital after I've. Yeah, let me let me join you at the library. Um, of course. I can tell you this, I'm not eating anything that comes from Forward House. I think that's a good idea. I've suddenly, just, I'm not a vegetarian. I don't want to think about <laughs> it, uh, Jacobus, really. All right, so you head over to the, the Miskatonic oh. Library. Uh, what would you like to look for? Um, anything to do with Aruna? Is it Aruna? Arjuna. Um, uh, um, Arjuna yes. and Prince Arjuna. Uh, you find a number of references fairly easily. Uh, they have a rather large uh, uh, library of things. Uh, Prince Arjuna is. Uh, uh, He's the protagonist in a number of Indian epics, uh, including the Mahabharata and the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, hard to pronounce. Um, they, my guess is they probably even have copies of those in the library. And without much difficulty uh, and cross-referencing, you can find the uh, the same passage okay. that uh, that Peter found that Peter saw. Uh, I'd like to delve a little bit deeper into the collection. Um, maybe find, I don't know, maybe thinking sacrifice rituals or anything along those lines. All right. Do a, do a library roll for that. Come on, dice. Uh, it's a regular, regular success. During the British occupation of India, there was quite a lot of trouble they had in the, in the mid-1800s with a cult called the Thuggy cult. Um, it's where we get the term thug from. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, these people, uh, uh, now for our listeners, I, I could be getting all this wrong, but I'm going by Indiana Jones and the Temple of Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That there was definitely a strong worship of gods such as Kali um, and a kind of take whatever can you take whatever you grab can grab sort of thing. Uh, there was murder and um, horrific crimes done in the name of this religion that they had this cult. Uh, but for the most part, by the 1870s, it had been stamped out in India 
so human on. sacrifice, you can say that it's part of the Hindu religion, except that that in of itself is difficult. There is no real Hindu religion. There are literally thousands of religions, and they're all sort of lumped together and called Hinduism. But every one of them is a little different than every other one, and some of them don't harm anything. Um, most of them believe in reincarnation in one form or another. Uh, it's kind of a big hodgepodge of religious beliefs. Anything specific about the destroyer? Because that was in that passage, wasn't it? Um, well, they kind of there's a there's a general view that that creation and destruction are just two sides of the same coin. That in order to create, you have to destroy life and death. Okay. It's all perfectly natural parts of the world. Um, that death isn't bad. It's oh, wow. just it's just the end of one life and the beginning of the next mm -hmm. one. Um, so yeah destruction creation uh you have the same god with both of those things in their hands vishnu uh holds you know the drums of create the drums of destruction and the or the fire of destruction and the and the drums of creation in the same you know person it's just a viewpoint that everything is natural my apologies to all of the Hindus who might be listening, because <laughs> I don't know for sure. I'm making this up. I don't know what else to look for. Um, anything connecting vegetable growing? I'm quite um, clutch, clutching at straws now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you base vegetable growing, the components of, of fertilizer. Uh, if you're looking for general things that have come up uh, in the last few days, uh, you don't see anything unusual there. Uh, you look up poisons, and uh, like the biologist says, a lot of household plants are poisonous. Uh, a lot of nothing. The, the, a lot of the gardens have foxglove growing in them because they're very pretty flowers, but they're also deadly. Nothing connecting everything together. Well, I'll go ahead and do a luck roll, and I'll give this to you if you get it. Ooh. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going to give it to you. Nope. Damn. All right. Mm. Um, Peter, uh, for the moment you're 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 playing your clerk. Uh, mm -hmm. What what information are you looking for? Uh, uh, we'll assume your clerk knows your mind. What you what you're looking for? So yeah, I'm, you know, I, I yeah, pretty specific directions. Um, Specifically, the uh, birth record for, if there if there is any, for Corbett's child, and then the death re report record for his wife uh, and mom, uh, and he's looking 
for you know who signed these things and who the witnesses are and what descriptions there are. All right. You know, presumably there was a doctor in evidence when right. you know. Okay. Um to sum up what you get, um Corbett's wife uh died in childbirth in his home. She was giving birth at home. Uh, she had had a difficult pregnancy. Uh, they had hired a nurse, um, uh, Miss, uh, what was her name? Um, uh, Dunlap was her last name, Miss, Miss uh, Dunlap. Um, Corbett was not present at the birth of his child, um, which was not unusual for the time period. Mm -hmm. um, and when he, when he found out that his wife was giving birth, he immediately left work and went home. And when he arrived, uh, his wife and child were dead. And the nurse herself was... Uh, in some had had some sort of seizure uh, and was hospitalized. That's about as far as you go. Uh, the son was going to be named Theo uh, after his grandfather. Uh, both bodies were turned over uh, to the uh, uh, hospital for examination. It was a Dr. Eric Norton. Uh, who was involved, and then they were eventually turned over to the, uh, well, let's see, the funeral home, and uh, were buried at St. Paul's, was it St. Paul's, St. Paul's Cathedral, St. Paul's Church in, uh, in Arkham, uh, Catholic Church. Uh, his mother died uh, in the uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help nursing home. Um, and the sisters of Mercy uh, said that uh, she seemed to just die of sadness. She'd never got over when her husband passed away. Uh, and that uh, Mr. Corbett, uh, Bernard, visited her quite frequently. But uh, they don't recall anything much beyond that. Um, he seemed like a very nice boy. Was there anything else? So even though she'd had a difficult pregnancy, they didn't have a doctor in attendance. They only had this nurse Dunlap. Correct. Um, and did she end up with the Sisters of Mercy as well at St. Paul's? Uh, you're talking about the nurse? Yeah. Um, you don't know for sure what happened to her. So there's no public record of her death. There, there might be if you want to look and see if there's. Uh, yeah, I think that I think that I think that Mr. Hare would would, would strap me if I didn't follow up on that question. Uh, why don't you do a library roll? Wow, I haven't even gotten my dice out. How forgetful.
48 is a regular success only. Okay. You do find this article. Aha. Nurse hospitalized after tragic accident in patient's home. Professional nurse Mona Dunlap was committed to Central Sanatorium yesterday following an accident that took place in a patient's home. Her condition was diagnosed as serious. Nurse Dunlap was enlisted by Mr. and Mrs. Bernard Corbett to assist with Mrs. Corbett's confinement. She was in her early 60s and apparently suffered a stroke while attempting to deliver the Corbett's baby unassisted. Mr. Corbett returned home from his office on Wednesday afternoon to find Nurse Dunlap unconscious and his wife and infant son dead due to complications during childbirth. Doctors at the sanatorium say the nurse has yet to regain consciousness and it may be some time before the full extent of her injuries are known. Hmm. Um, and that's the sanatorium, which, as you know, is where the jackal hunts. No, that's where uh, they had the flood. Oh, that's where the flood of people were moved from. Jackal right. hunts around uh, Central, Central Hospital. C Central Hospital. Central Hospital and Central Sanatorium really need to work on their branding. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So if Mona Dunlap didn't recover, she's been moved for the flood. That was 1911. Yeah, that's 12 years ago, and she was in her 60s. I don't know if you last 12 years in a sanatorium in Arkham. But maybe they have records for her. That's probably a further inquiry. Was she the midwife? She was the nurse in attendance for the confinement. So, yes. But she was probably there more long-term than just to be there for the delivery. She was probably keeping an eye on things for a period of time toward the expected date. Hmm. Sorry, I know I'm not there. I just, I'm just i just wondering what, what do they mean by confinement? Yeah, I mean, well, obviously, you know, at six o'clock this evening, we'll all be meeting for drinks and cards over at Peter's house to discuss our Curious yeah. and unhealthy obsession with our mild-mannered neighbor. Roisha, did you want to go with me to the um, hospital to meet Dr. Wells? Oh, well, yes, I don't want to go there on my own. Uh, uh, yes, I will. I'll come with you. It doesn't seem like we, we're making much headway here with the books, so... Um, it's yeah, of course. I'm I'm at your uh, mercy. Uh, I left my bicycle at home. Oh yes. Right. Well, jump in. Right. So you're heading over there, Eugene. Do you want to do anything on your lunch break? Uh, my lunch break. Maybe getting back to home. Getting right. back quickly to home uh, to 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 spy on uh, on um, on Mr. Corbett's, Corbett's garden. I know okay. he's not really there at this time, and potentially at first to see if there is anything wrong, okay. something unexpected happening. But All right. So you arrive back at, at home around lunchtime, and uh, you are correct. Mr. Corbett is at work at this time. 
probably <laughs> walking up to Maestro's to get a Subway sandwich. Um, uh, nothing in the neighborhood seems out of the ordinary. Uh, all of your neighbors are out. Uh, the the husbands are out. The wives are probably <laughs> <at the old laughs> home. Uh, some of them are probably comforting Miss Miss Mrs. Leroy uh, in her grief, <laughs> helping her get things together for what she has to do. Um, so you are there, basically by yourself. What would you like to do? Well, first off, making me a bit of a lunch with what we have at home quickly, and then uh, a type of lunch that I can eat while walking, okay. and uh, getting to see at the, the greenhouse if there is still the, the little, little uh, need of um, a little hole of paint you... out, you know, yeah. even if it's just chance. All right, so you walk so. rather casually over into Mr. Corbett's yard. Um, nobody sees you. Uh, you walk around to the side that uh, the Horatio had scraped the, uh, the whitewash away from the window. However, it has been uh, re-whitewashed, if you will. Um, what would you like to do? I take a look at his, at his garden if I see anything uh, or smell anything um, fishy or whatever. I mean, something that shouldn't be there from what we know of him. Do a, uh, we'll call it a spot hidden, but it's really a smell hidden. Yeah. It is a nine. I'm gonna make sure if it's a critical or not. It's a critical by four points. Very nice. All right. Um, Mr. Corbett's yard is filled with smells, um, mostly flowers, vegetable smells, fruit tree smells, citrus smells. Um, there is um, I guess you'd call it a fertilizer smell, um, garden smell. He's got, uh, he's probably got a couple of compost heaps towards the back. Um, yeah, that smell, yeah. Those. Um, maybe a bit of uh, manure smell. Um, does anything seem out of the ordinary? I don't know. You're you're you've got a you've got a critical. You don't know that if something smells out of the ordinary or if if it's just something lingering in the back of your mind that seems too good to be true. Okay. You know what I mean? Everything seems too perfect. But then again, Mr. Gar Garbett tends to be very Yeah, it's the same, the same. It's the same as him. He seems too good to be true. And once we know him like that, yeah. And after this, after I watched this, now that there is no one, and I expect that there is no one, I'm going to take a look back at what the windows, you no know, um, basements, because right now I should have more time and more, uh, you know, that kind of stuff to work or to see it again. Okay. Yeah. Now that it's there. All right. 
so you go back over to the, the, the low windows for the basement. Um, are you looking on the right side or the left side? There was, a, I think you looked in both sides last time, didn't you? Uh, I just, yeah. I think it was just uh, you saw the left washing side, machine. just the left side last time. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the, with the dice, you know, deciding by, by it. So it's going to be the left. Okay. On the left side, that's the same side as last time. You still see like a washing machine um, and utilities mostly in there. Some storage okay, cabinets um, and some boxes and things, old furniture. Uh, but you uh, do a do a, a spot hidden. Thing. Twenty-eight, which makes it uh, hard. Hard. Okay. You can tell that this side of the basement is separated from the other side of the basement. Okay. Um, you can see that there is a shape that would indicate the stairs coming down from inside the house. So imagine a big rectangle, but the stairs okay. kind of cut the room in half. So you can only see on this side of the basement. Uh, you'd have to go to the other side of the house to see the other side of the basement. You can also see the doors leading to the stairs, okay. you know, and, uh, but you don't see anything unusual. Okay, so it's it's basement. more of a living kind of place that serves as a utilitarian purposes uh, kind of deal? Well, it's just, it's a basement. It's just yeah, a divided basement, basement. utilitarian divided one. Okay. Divided into rooms, yeah. And then I'm gonna go to the other Okay. Other side, since I technically have the time now. Okay. I'll uh, do a luck roll. Twenty-five. So I guess it passes. It's not a hard. Okay, but it passed. Um, yeah. All right. So you go over to the other side and you sort of hunker down. And you look, and your eyes need to kind of adjust, you know, to the what you to the darkness. Um, and just as you hunker down and start to move your face forward to the glass, to see something inside there moves very quickly and suddenly. Um, you hear it uh, hit what sounds like a metal table and the floor and it's disappeared somewhere in the room. You're thinking, was it like you, you, you might've seen dark hair. You're thinking maybe a cat. Did Mr. Corbin have a cat? Not that you're aware of, not that you've ever seen, but something definitely moved. And now as your eyes get more used to this room, this room seems to be set up like a laboratory. Um, there is definitely some lab equipment, um, uh, some chemical identification stuff. Uh, he does say that he's been working on his uh, formulas for fertilizer. Um, 
this might be where he does it. Uh, but do a do a, a knowledge roll. Okay. Uh, forty-two, as I remember, I think it's, yeah, it's a pass, but not a hard. Okay. There seems to be more equipment than you would need in here for fertilizer analysis. Okay. You know, there's almost a, a medical um, look to some of this equipment in here. Okay. Well, I think that's enough information for today. And with thing moving, I don't know what it is, getting back to work. Okay. All right, so you head back to work. Um, Jacobus and Horatio, uh, you are heading over to the central hospital. Um, you get to the front door, and when you go in, uh, the place is busy. Um, and there are, um, there is at least one guard, if you will, um, that's monitoring whether people go through the door into the actual working parts of the hospital or not. Um, uh, and there's a, a reception desk, obviously, with nurses behind it. Uh, yes, what can, may, can I help you? Uh, 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 sorry, Rasha, you, you can go. Well, I was going to say something out of character. Um, oh. I, despite my nervous disposition, I, I have a certain nervous charm. Um, well, I can see you uh, interested here. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you speak. Uh, uh, yes, uh, we'd like to, um, if he's not too busy, uh, speak to Dr. Wells. Uh, Dr. Don Wells. Uh, let me see what his schedule is. Hold on just a moment. Um, it looks like he is free. Uh, he has surgery in two hours. Um, you might find him up on the fifth floor uh, in the D-wing. Uh, you can go out there and inquire. Uh, let oh. me give you uh, guest passes uh, or badges. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Risha, I just had a thought. So I'll, I'll say this as we walk away from the desk. Um, if, mm. if this, if, if, if we, have, we have guards on duty, um, just thinking of it, we should be able to track that orderly We'll find out what day of the week he is at the hospital. What least what he does here. So remind me when we step out that I quickly ask that one of the uh, um, security people. Yes, Just of kind of interest. I, I can't remember his name, um, but um, I think I know the, the individual. Yeah, it'll it'll come to me as we, we step out. Just remind me so that I keep that. Do in an mind. intelligence role if you want to try to remember. I've got his name. I've got his name. It's just it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So you're gonna head up to the fifth floor. Yeah. Well, while we're traveling, um, what are they busy doing? These people. Well, uh, as you recall, the uh, it's flooded be because the uh, uh, the sanitarium is flooded. 
Uh, uh, they've transferred all the mental patients over here. So it's kind of doubled them up. They've got, uh, you know, a lot of the beds are occupied. They've got just people on double duty. I just, okay. they're, they're just, they look busy. They're, they're open wards here. Oh uh, yeah. Most of the hospitals. Um, okay. This is, uh, this, this hospital takes care of all of Arkham, but Arkham's fairly, there's, there's enough people here, but that's not unusual. It's university okay. town. Um, and you're not going into any of the mental areas. They've got those cordoned off. All right, so you get up to the fifth floor. You head over towards D wing. Uh, and there's a nurse receptionist there. And she uh, she uh, asks you to have a seat and she will page the doctor. Do, um, do a spot hidden for me. Both of them. My dice tonight. The the nurse reminds me of Jeannie. I I don't see anything else. <laughs> okay. Um, just... uh, after a few uh, minutes, um, a gentleman comes out. He's uh, surprisingly short, um, a little plump, a balding head, uh, dark hair around the sides. Uh, he comes out and he's like, uh, yes, uh, can I help you? You wanted uh, to see uh, me? I'm Dr. Ward. Dr. Wells, sorry. Uh, Dr. Wells, um, Pro Professor Hornigold, Miss Katonic, and this is my colleague, uh, uh, Jacobus van der Volt. Uh, um, nice to meet you, sir. If you're not too busy, we'd like to, um, we have a professional, uh, some professional questions to, um, to put oh. to you. All right. Um, uh, do you want to come to my office? Um, yes, please. All right. So you walk down the beast. hall and, and you go into his office. It's a nice little office. Uh, and there's everything there to indicate that he's a surgeon. You know, but uh, you, you start immediately looking around. You do see there's quite a few books on uh, mushrooms. Well, Dr. Wells, we've been referred to by Dr. Jenkins. Um, oh, from the Dr. university. Jenkins, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, he said that, um, or indicated that you might be able to to get, shed a little bit more light on, on a question that we have. Uh, we found strange res residue in a in a glass. It's um, actually it's a sad incident in our neighbourhood. One of our neighbours died, um, and um, we suspect that he may have ingested something that didn't sit well with him. Um, in any case, um, I've, I've brought the glass along with some of the residue that we found inside it. We now determine that it's organic, uh, but we found this trace spore element in, in, in it, in, in organic matter. And, and um, Dr. Jens, Jenkins suggested that you may be able to help us identify that. Oh, well, plant. maybe. I mean, there's, there's thousands and thousands of mushrooms, but well, let's take a look at it. Let's get up my, my microscope and, and have a look. Well, now this is extremely interesting. It it does look like a mushroom spore, um, but there are some oddities. 
that I, I, I don't believe I've ever seen before. Let me, he gets down books and for 15 minutes or so, he starts thumbing through books and you can see he's got meticulous little hand drawings of the shape of these things. They all look like little alien pods with various uh, protrusions and shapes. And um, uh, I'm, I'm at a loss. Uh, this doesn't seem to fall into any classification that I'm, I'm familiar with. And I'm, I'm pretty familiar with uh, these. Um, I'm, I'm perhaps making the assumption that this comes from somewhere locally, but I don't know of any spore, any mushroom spore that this matches. Well, actually, uh, Dr. Wells, we, we do suspect that it may come from um, further afield, uh, perhaps um, India or thereabouts. Well, that would present a problem. That, that's something that I, I would be very interested in, perhaps. Uh, and he, he makes himself a sketch of the, the spore. And he takes some measurements with a loop and says, um, I can do further research. This might take quite a while for me to uncover. Um, if we're talking about European and, uh, and Asian, uh, we're talking millions of different possibilities. Um, this might be a puzzle that could take me years to solve, but it's an interesting one. Uh, have you had any of this chemically analyzed to see if there's any toxins? No, we have not as yet done that. Um, I, I don't have the, the enough resources at my my own sort of um, well, let's, pharmacy um, to to go into that. Let's uh, you know I'm I'm familiar with some toxins that are that are, that are mushroom toxins. Let's uh, let's go ha let's go do an analysis. Let's walk down to the lab. I still have. Um, 45 minutes or so before I have to prep for, for surgery. Let's see what we can get done. Yeah, sounds good. Most kind. Uh, so you go down, uh, you're still on the, the fifth floor. You go down the hall, uh, you step into a lab. And as you step into the lab, uh, there is a young man who is just sort of finishing up cleaning. Uh, he's uh, finishing up mopping the floor. Uh, do a spot hidden for me. Regular. I'm I'm actually looking at his name tag. <laughs> it's it's R R Thomas. Um, you can see that he has tattoos on his arms, which he has tried to cover up. You know, by by wearing his clothes. Uh, he looks like he could be an unsavory character, except that he's in the orderly's uniform and uh, working in the hospital. But he looks like he may have had a rough childhood just from the looks of him. I surreptitiously um, elbow Jacobus just in case he hasn't noticed. Hmm. Yeah, Russia, yes. Uh, that's the, um, the the orderly that you wanted me to remind you of. 
I'll look a, a sort of glance at his um, name tag. Yeah. Yes, that. Um, <clears throat> Um, so the doctor starts to uh, fiddle with stuff. Do, do I notice any particular design on his tattoos? Um, you're pretty sure one of them is a naked woman, uh, although it's, like I say, it's partly covered up, but you can use your imagination. I immediately um, blush. He doesn't look like he's got sailor tattoos. Um, do another spot hidden. Does he have his hard jewelry? I remember. Uh, that's actually what Horatio is it's looking. Horatio, you do notice that he is wearing. <coughs> excuse me. He's wearing some sort of pendant um, around his neck. You can only tell this because you can sort of see the flash of chain right here and a little bit of a shape, but the shirt has got it covered up, but you're pretty sure it's brown. Hmm. What's he doing at the moment? Is he mopping the floor? He's, he's just finishing up mopping, yeah. Um, so the doctor is looking and he's he's looking a bit baffled well I don't see any psilocybin I don't see any uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it it's phallicin or anything like that which would be as a deadly poison um there are some chemical compounds in here that I, I can't identify, uh, I, and I have no idea whether they're hallucinogenic or not. Um, I suppose the only way to tell for sure would be to test it. But uh, oh, please don't do! Don't I'm do. not. I'm not willing to do that. Uh, and he tells you a few stories about the things that that, that mushrooms um, can do. Uh, and um, and you think that this, in some way, uh, I mean, you say that he went out into the street or tearing off. It must have been an extremely powerful uh, hallucinogen, and I can't think of what kind of uh, hallucinogen could produce something like that. Um, and I want you both to do spot hiddens. I'm also, uh, do you think it's a possibility that it could come from India? And as I say that, I glance over to uh, Tomaski, whatever his name is. Tomaszowski. Tomaszowski. Uh, that's uh, a regular. Go hard. Okay. Well, you've both noticed uh, that definitely his ears perked up when the doctor started talking about hallucinogens. Um, India. India didn't really do anything, but um, 
the whole drug aspect of drugging somebody so that they're seeing something and acting crazy, uh, Tom Mazowski definitely is displaying some kind of uh, interest and uh, nervousness. And uh, he, he's finishing up quickly so that he can. Let me talk to, 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 to manufacture something <clears throat> like this compound. Um, what kind of instrumentation would you need? What, what, what resources should you have available to yourself? Well, from the microscopic, I, I'd say something here has been ground up, but um, and there's various means of doing that. And good old mortar and pestle. Uh, you're a pharmacist. You probably still use mortar and pestle for half the things that you give to people. Um, uh, Tom Zowski is getting ready to leave the room, but he is keep, keeps glancing back in your guys' direction. Looking rather nervous. Hmm. I was I was hoping, Doctor Wells, that you might be able to um, point us in the direction of uh, maybe a, obtaining um, a proper sample of this uh, particular substance, but um. I'm afraid our, our efforts are, we're at a loss now. Um, but um, I don't want to take too much more of your time, Doctor. I understand that you're a busy man. You've left me, though, with a mystery that I'd like to at least attempt to solve. It's just going to take some time. Um, oh. You're welcome to keep chipping at this. Um, by, by all means. I think we've got enough information at right. this stage. Well, if you give me your, your contact information and so, so forth, I'll keep in touch. Oh. I'll give him my card that directs him to the, to the university if he wants to contact me. Okay. Yo mama. All right. So the, the, the two finish up um, and just just a couple of moments before you guys finish up and get ready to leave, Tomaszowski leaves the room, uh, pushing the, uh, the the water bucket and the, the mop. Um, I'm, I, I would like to follow him. I think step outside the room. If if we picked up that that he showed some interest in recreational drugs or just drugging. <laughs> Even if it's personal, someone else. Maybe well, I'm worthwhile talking to him. I'm hoping we've given him enough um, bait to approach us if he believes that we're after um, certain substances. All right. So there is a moment that you are stepping towards the door of the lab to leave it. Thomas Austin stepped into the hallway. Um, and as you go, uh, you catch him looking back in your direction, and he starts moving faster. Away from us. Away from you. Yeah. Do you continue to follow him? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just motion to Ray show and put you by the elbows. 
Let's follow him. Is he heading? Just see where this goes. Does it look like he's heading towards the exit or further into the hospital? You're on the fifth floor, so he's just heading yeah. towards other parts of the hospital. Okay, let, let's see. Let's see where he goes. But he's. You definitely get the impression that he's trying to evade us. To evade you. Yeah. Hmm. I, I just can't remember where my friend's offices are. He said it's also somewhere. I can't remember if it's fifth or fourth. I said, do you mind if we just um, wander a little bit? And um, so if anyone is, is, is looking or listening, and then we'll keep on following Tomaszynski. All right. Um, you're saying that loud enough? Where you think? Yeah. Okay. Um, you definitely see him duck into a room on the side. Uh, does, does the room have a, a name tag or a... Just a number. Well, just three a number. Five, three or five, two or something. Does he leave the door open or does he close it? Um, you think that he just went inside and he's going to wait until you... Is there a window in the in the door? Um, he didn't close the door, so he's just inside the room. The door is open. Uh, right, so I'll, I'll walk closer and knock on the door. John, um, John, uh, and then step in. Okay. Uh, there is a moment when you do that, and uh, he's like, "Oh, you shouldn't be in here." Oh, oh so I, I do apologize. Um, I thought this was John. John's, um, I can't remember John's surname. Um, my friend's um, office. Uh, I do apologize. Oh, uh, didn't we see you in the um, lab down there? Oh, I, just, I don't know, maybe. Um, uh, I'll reach this, out this, and, and... This isn't the place you're looking for. I'll reach out my hand to shake his hand. Uh, and he, he, he looks at you like... I'm an order when my hands are dirty. You don't want to shake my hand. Oh, yes, sure. That's, that's true. Um, Does he have an accent? No. Boston accent. Yes. Uh, uh, anyway, I, I got I, I to gotta clean this room. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm working. Oh, so, so, my apologies. Didn't want to impose on you. Is there another exit to this room that he's in? There is not. Um, please don't let us stop you from your work, sir. Maybe it's it's that way. Maybe we should go to the fourth floor. I'll say to to Rachel, and then as we walk away, you know, he did seem rather interested in our discussion with um, Doctor Wells. Um, there was definitely a look of nervousness in his eyes. Mm. Uh, Jake Jacobus, are you are you a large built man? No, average. Mm. I'm I'm not mm. I'm not I haven't got the cut for this. <laughs> um, Amazowski's not a big guy either. But he's got tattoos. He's a punk. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I don't know why people paint themselves like that. Um, Rashi, you know what? I think we we may, if we're looking, if we're looking for something that oh some kind of drug component, maybe worth our while to just see where Mister Tomaszewski have where he lives and mm. he speaks to. I feel well, that there might be something there. Well, he's definitely nervous about something. Let me ask you a question. When you walked out the door, did you continue on the way you were going or did you walk back in the other direction? Depends. Um, I think we would head Whatever direction the... we go, I'd like to still keep, an, keep sight of the door of the room that okay. he went into, if that helps. I live... Well, we'll probably, I guess we'll probably, um, well, then I'll, I'll put it this way. When you leave the door and go, there's only maybe 30 seconds or so before you see Tomaszowski poke his head out and look around. And if he sees you, he's then going to go the other direction down the hall. Still pushing what? his uh, mop, mop bucket. Uh, and he's going rather quickly this time. Can I? Hmm. Uh, I mean, he's acting odd, but not odd enough to I'm, really act on it. I wonder if I could engage him in a conversation about tattoos uh, on the surmise that. Uh, Pirates have tattoos, and I know a bit about pirates. <sighs> does it seem like? Does he seem like someone that makes small talk? Rant. I don't you know think I'm going to get past his nervousness. To be honest, you know what we could do is we could probably find out from his duty roster where he lives, hmm. or his employment record, or something like that. Let's put his mind at rest and not follow him. And yeah, yeah. I don't really want to get into a physical confrontation with with him. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, be on, so let's you, be on our way. You don't follow him. Okay. No, no. So he gets down to the end of the hall and turns the corner, and you don't see him after that. Too much of a coward. Uh, and so what's next? You're going to go down the uh, elevator? Yeah. Going down stairs, elevator. And I think before we leave, um, I'll stop at one of the um, security people downstairs. Um, and uh, my good fellow, um, I'm looking for um, for, for a, a Thomas Tomaszynski, a Randolph, Randolph Tomaszynski. Um, do you know if he's, he's, he's here today? Um, I believe he's working on the fifth floor. Is it? Um, uh, you don't know where he lives. Oh, I mean, there's records, but um, I I don't think we're at liberty to give those out. I just thought maybe you might know. It's probably in um, the phone book. That's actually a good suggestion. We could we could we could have a look there, Rachel, and then we can you, send the flowers there 
I mean, he did such a good job on poor mum. Thank you so much. He did. did the, whoa, whoa, hold on. You're talking about Randolph Tomasowski? Yes. Um, my mum was in the, in the hospital um, in the last week, and um, he gave a well, such, I mean, he was like the gentleman himself. That she doesn't was, sound like Randolph Tomasowski. I mean, really? it's, it's uh, I, I, are you guys family? Because well, was, no, no, not not with 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 uh, Tomasinski. No, no. Look, Tomasowski is uh, he works here. Uh, he's barely on probation. He uh, really he is not good with authority. Um, he's been reprimanded a number of times, uh, but uh, visiting somebody and bringing them flowers to not sound maybe you've got the wrong person. What possibly could he have been reprimanded for? The kid's a punk. I don't know how he got oh. the job, but Mum uh, said he had the loveliest painted arms. That did sound a little bit odd. Well, he's got tattoos. but apparently he was kind and courteous and Kind um, he's got a foul mouth. He's uh, very irreligious. Um, well, we, we we'd like to um, we we'd like to, uh, despite your um, assumptions on his on his uh, personality, we'd still like to uh, to, to thank him. Um, perhaps. Well, he's up on the fifth floor. I'm sure he's working. He's uh, not scheduled to get off until six p.m. Isn't that where Dr. Wells is, the fifth floor? We've just come from there. We haven't, we, I don't think we saw him. Well, I can't probably in a room cleaning. They give the orderlies all the worst jobs. Can I apply you know, Duratio, we could, sorry, no. Uh, can I apply some of my nervous charm on, on the security guard to give us a bit more information about him? <laughs> um, sure, you got to tell me what you're, gonna, you're trying to find out. Um, but, well, if we, if we don't, I mean, we're, we're rather busy ourselves and we don't want to interrupt his work schedule. Actually, I'll, I'll, just for the sake of brevity, I'll tell you that he doesn't really have much more information than that. He can tell you that the kid lives alone in an apartment. Where he, where he doesn't know where and he, he, is, he hasn't got access to records he doesn't really, he could, well he does but he can't get those out. he's just a security guard uh, but like he said the phone books probably got his address sure sure um okay you know what derosia we can always uh, drop by at 6 p.m um, or maybe you, you know what we can uh, even just keep the, the the you know what time he finishes, finishes work six p.m six okay we can do that does he drive? Do you know if he drives? I don't believe so. So he walks. I don't walks. think he can afford a car. Hmm. Orderlies don't make that much money. Perhaps we could come back and. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, Peter, what are you up to? Time. Uh, so, you know, I'm trying to get work done 
in the afternoon, but this creepy story that the clerk brought back, I was actually wondering about this. I suppose he just wrote notes in shorthand because there was no way to make a photostat of these articles in 1923. I just don't think there's any way to, so I would just have to count on him getting the, as much data as possible from them. I think but, that we looked this up once before, and I think that the mimeograph is in the 1800s. What about that, um, the blue paper that you write on? That, that's, that, oh, well, gra oh, yeah, carbon, carbon paper. paper. Carbon paper, that's it, yeah. Right, but there wouldn't be, like, it wouldn't, you'd need to type everything up for that. But mimeograph is a possibility, especially at uh, town, town clerk's paper. office. Depending on how you're using it, it's not necessarily this. My mom used um, carbon uh, carbon paper, and yeah, it can be used to uh, copy stuff. So it depends. Well, regardless, the clerk will have provided me with all the information that we have, either in a directly photostatted device or by hand. Right, or you just wrote it or copied it out. Um, so I suppose, uh, distracted from my appropriate labor, uh, I'll, and knowing that the central sanatorium has been emptied into the central hospital, I'll call there and see if there's a Mona Dunlap in residence. Okay. Um. You call there and you are informed that uh, Mona Dunlap passed away a couple of years ago. That makes sense. Um, do you, is there a record of any uh, kin she left? No. Okay, thanks. Um, that's the only lead I have right now. And I think until I catch up with the fellows, Okay. Um, now, Jacobus and Horatio, you guys are at the university, or you're leaving the university. No, you're at the hospital, sorry. Um, you're not that far from downtown. Uh, so in theory, you guys could all meet up at lunch, which is none of that would have taken that long in the morning. Uh, somewhere in town. Yes. Um, Sounds like a good idea. I'd like to at some point also drop by the pharmacy okay. to see if um, the detective has sort of looked for me. Maybe if I can, he was going to phone. Maybe if I can kill a few birds with one stone here and phone Peter and Eugene to arrange to meet up for lunch, okay. and at the same time check the phone phone book. The phone book. For uh, Tomaski's, you you do find uh, Randolph Thomas out our our Thomasowski's address. Okay, take a note of that. Um. All right, and we'll say that you all meet up for lunch, but you don't go to Maestro's because you're afraid Mr. Corbett might be there having his lunch. Yeah, we've run into Corbett at Maestro's before. Let's get takeout sandwiches and take them to Eugene's workshop. Okay. There'll be no one there to overhear anything. The smell of sawdust is pleasant. As long as the coffins are empty, I'll be okay with that. 
You don't fill them yourself, Eugène, right? You just deliver them. No, I just case, deliver right? them. I guess. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. So you are all together at uh, Eugene's. Having sandwiches. How do you go about measuring these things now? You can stand next to one and try and. Are they roomy enough? Please, Jacobus, don't tempt fate. <laughs> well. Yeah, Sorry, Ratio. It's, it's 2D. It's, uh, you know, I spent luck in uh, years in uh, in France just learning this with, with Mr. Chappelle. So, with other stuff, of course, not just coffins. <laughs> Do you find that um, certain wood allows for quicker or slower decomposition of the body? Oh, that's so more wood. No, 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 forget I passed that. <laughs> Well, talking about the green what? notes, um, I found something by uh, spending my my lunch time at the, you know close to to my home. You see what I mean. Uh, first off, the garden of Mr. Corbett is perfect to be true. It's hmm. Corbett, all right. Uh, secondly, well, the left side of his below his house say the least is mostly utilitarian stuff you know washing machines nothing out of uh, profound interest and the other side the right side there's something living in there what live living living yes i Can't don't know be. what is but it looks like a cat from what i gathered oh. There's no way that Corbett has a cat. We've talked about pets with him. Yes, he doesn't have. And you know, a cat, a cat would, you know, do damage in the garden and and chase his frogs off. That's just what I saw. And you remember that he's doing fertilizer and stuff like this. Yeah. He has a lot more laboratory stuff than that, medical stuff and. Also more. Are you, sure it, are you sure it was a cat you saw? I mean, could it I'm have been? I'm not sure. All I know is it was it was living and kicking, to say the least. Could it have been a frog? Maybe one of the um, frogs from a his frog from his. Uh, well, he has could have yeah, got in. It's, what I saw was much larger than a frog. Oh. I wonder what it could be. Much larger, and also it was, from what I saw, covered in black hair, something like this. Definitely not a so frog. So a frog, a frog with hair. No. You have to smoke some really good stuff to to see the kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's it's a living thing because of what? Was it, it in a moved. cage? It moved simply. So you saw some dark hair move in his basement workshop. Yeah. That's all I knew. But, you know, that's still something. Well, uh, you know, I'll fill the lads in about what I know. And uh, if there is something, there's something in I mean, my, my fear that, well, 
if the if the nurse saw something that caused her to have a seizure or consumed something that caused her to have an attack and then she was not competent for the birth and that's why his wife and and would have been stun died you know then he'd have a great deal of guilt about that wouldn't she have been under someone's ski in the in the in the sanitarium i mean wouldn't they have done some observation on it? I mean, was she catatonic? Oh, yeah. I bet, death? I bet uh, any records of what her care was like would have been flooded out. But we can see if anything mm. survived. And maybe there's a doctor we can speak to. Um, or maybe awesome. some, some personnel that might have known her. Any any family? Did she have any family? None on record. And again, she was institutionalized twelve years ago. Just quite a quite a while. And spoilers. Well, will them, um, yeah. So I'll I'll fill everyone in in terms of what we heard from Doctor Jenkins, Doctor Wells, and then oh, and then um, we'll. Uh, mentioned to Mazuski as well. Um, we we finally um, saw the uh, the jackal, <laughs> um, I guess. Um, and I'll he overheard our what, questions. What he overheard our questions about um, the spore, uh, which is def most definitely fungus from Doctor Wells, and he was very nervous and. Try to evade us. Um, I've managed to find his address in the phone book, and I know that he finishes work at six this evening. Um, I wonder how the security is on the sort of apartment on the wrong side of town that a fellow like that would have. What type of what type of area is the address? It's not the best area. I'd be very surprised if there was any security there at all. Well, I'm not going to suggest that you pull a survey, but um, it might be interesting to see what the fellow has in his place. Although I guess the police probably did that. Have you told uh, Whitfield about the spores? No, I haven't had a chance to speak to him yet. He did say that he was going to phone. Um, I'll, I'll check in with Jenny to see if there are any messages now. I think I'll give him give him a ring. The, the most important um, facts is that the, oh, yes. Dr. Wells, being a, an, uh, although an amateur, um, uh, still an expert in mushrooms and fungus, didn't recognize this particular species. Um, may take some time before he gets to the bottom of it, but um, as if it came from someplace far away. Well, it's yes. not definitely local. Definitely yeah. not. And this all could, of course, start with something, you know, quite innocent when you think about it. You know, many kinds of plants and animals have been shipped inadvertently with other goods over the years. You know, perhaps something got into Bernard's house in a, you know, a, an old Indian vase or something and is affecting his behavior and very good point peter very good point but um 
it all compounds the mystery, don't you think? Well, I certainly want to see if there's anything running around in his basement, because he doesn't have a right, dog, so, he doesn't have a cat. So what do we know? We know that Bernard is definitely capable of growing something potentially like this. He's got the means. Well, he's got the equipment by the sounds of it. Um, he's got the means to import something like this, potentially. Uh, he's got the, the facilities to grow it in his greenhouse. As a no you know, maybe, we should take, maybe we should take up his offer and ask him to, 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 to show us what's in there. But I don't feel comfortable saying, hey, Mr. Corbett, please show us your, your, your greenhouse. We suspect you of murder. Um, I don't know. I offered him something like this recently. I'm taking this from scrap and uh, from scraps and doing this with, uh, you know, with a bit of paint. It's not as fine as what I'm using and doing usually, but he liked it. Potentially, I should be the one to ask him this. If well, you feel up to it. Peter, could you be a bit more, um, just fill me in on the details of Corbett's wife's death. Um, you know, she and the, their, their son died. Uh, the description in the paper is complications during childbirth, so nothing unusual. And they know it's a boy, so they must have, you know, they recovered the infant. Um, she was young, I think 23. Uh, they shared a difficult pregnancy. Um, and uh, so she, you know, they had a nurse in to care for her. And um, at some point, the, when the birth was imminent, the nurse called Bernard. And when he got home, it's reported that he found the nurse having had some kind of seizure and his wife and child dead. And the, the doctor that um, diagnosed the cause of death? Do you have his name? I'm assuming it's the city medical examiner at the time. Um, did I give you the Dr. newspaper? Eric? Didn't have a name, but but your uh, your clerk went out looking. Um, was it uh, Eric Norton? Oh, Eric Norton. Dr. Yeah, yeah. Eric is he still? Um, is it? Would he be available to question? That's maybe it's worth inquiring after. Yeah. Um, he, he might, oh, he did he just, he, he, he did the examination of the body. You, you he may know, I know who's key, um, the nurse went. Mr. Dunlop? I mean, um, do me a favor and describe the shop. Um, and what, are you guys sitting at a table in the shop? Uh, logically, in a French-oriented shop, uh, wood shop in general, 
I wouldn't be in chairs, so there would be um, coffins. <laughs> yeah, coffins because it's the main uh, the main thing about my business. But there would be a small part with uh, with small sculptures, like you know, like I uh, right. said before, uh, small stuff. Uh, a few work tables. I mean, straight to the point. No, uh, no, no real luxury in it. Okay. Um, well, from where you guys are, Eugene, can you guys see outside? There needs to be windows, ways of making air to circulate in it. So logically, yes. Just okay. to clarify, is your workshop in town or in your house? It's in town. In town. In town. Important right. to separate the two, yeah. Do uh, everybody do spot hiddens as you guys are talking. This is just sort of casual observation. 29. Does that make a heart? I can't remember. It makes a heart for me. Nothing for me. 84. Eugene, may I? Do you have a, te a telephone book? Odd. Uh, that should be logically Maria who has it and not me since she's the one in charge of the phone. You know how bad of a salesman I am. So you, you, you everybody has a phone book, they give them out. <laughs> well, so. she, she should be the one who has it, right. not me, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, Cobus. Uh, you guys are sitting there talking, and uh, your your Cobus, your eyes just sort of are you're you're just you're talking and you're just sort of glancing around, and your eyes focus outside in the street through a window, and uh, at first you're not sure, but then suddenly you realize that um, Randolph Tomaszowski, since this is lunchtime. Um, he is moving rather rapidly past this shop, um, probably heading towards where he lives. I'll, so I'll walking I'll, very, very briskly. Um, I'll move to the door. Um, okay. Kind of just out, out of the conversation, just move to the door to see, or the window to see where he's going. Um, he's, Moving down the street as if he is in a big hurry to get some ratio. Have a look at this. This is remember Tomaszowski from the hospital, isn't mm -hmm. that him? Why, yes, went out the window. You don't think he followed us, do you? I don't know, it seems like it. And I'll actually look up the other side of this. Well, the street. Now, that, Just, now that you know where he lives, this is probably the way he walks home. Only now he's in a hurry. It just happens to be he's walking through the middle of town. Little question. If he keeps on going in that direction, will he be able to go to Corbett House? No. Okay. Different direction. He's not going towards uptown, which would be that rich people's area. Okay. Um, anyone interested in following this? This guy. 
Well, you saw the two of you already and acted scared. Uh, Eugène, do you want to, uh, he doesn't know us. We could just make sure he's headed home. I was going to think about, I was thinking about going to Corbett's place before he gets home. Because if that thing I saw in the in his basement can talk for whatever reason, that could become a problem. So I prefer asking him first about his uh, his um, his to to see his plans before it. Because if that opportunity comes off for me, I prefer not taking my chances here. You're uh, talking about Corbett. I, I prefer securizing the, that information before doing it. It's it may be overthinking, but you know me. Well, well what time does Corbett normally get back from work? Um, Five fifteen, and it's lunchtime now, isn't it? So we've we've got time. We have Bye. time. I, I'm going to lose sight of Tomaszewski if I don't move. So I'm going to I'm going to say, and I'm going to wrap the wax paper in my sandwich and tuck it under my arm and, and hustle out. Okay. I, I keep him in sight at a distance. I don't think Peter should go on his own. I think um, no, I don't think so either. Right, I mean, if you don't two, want to go, you, the three of you could, should be enough. I mean, it's just logically, it's just one man. Logically. Well, he could be armed. I mean, well, he has ta well, he has tattoos. While you do to the side, I'll I'll follow Peter. Gentlemen, okay. I'll see you, see you later. Just in case there is this kind of stuff in my in my in my business. That's what he makes coffins with. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's his coffin knife. Uh, I'll take a second, sort of a, uh, yes, and I'll 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 take something and tuck it into my jacket. <laughs> Okay. So Peter's yeah. going. He's maybe 20 feet ahead of you. Jacobus, you're going. Horatio, are you going to follow as well? I'm, I'm going with Jacobus, yes. Okay. So you and Jacobus together. And Eugene, what are you going to do? I was going back to, uh, the, to our, um, our place to be, be be sure to talk to Corbett before he gets in his house, to ask him about going into his, um, his greenhouse. Okay. Um, you know, though, of course, you've got four hours before Corbett's getting home. I mean, you I'm don't sure have to go have... now. Four I'm hours. Sure we'll... Oh, yeah, four hours. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to go with them, but making sure to... Get okay, back, you just want to be there before, uh, before yeah, uh, one hour before, just to be absolutely sure. Okay, but you're going to follow these these four, or these three. Yeah. All right. If if the time go gets too close, I'm going to get back to it. And, you know. All right. So, um, do you guys catch up to Peter? I think we'll keep a bit of a distance. Yeah, okay. I mean, he knows he knows me and Jacobus by sight, so maybe keep a discreet a discreet distance away from Peter while Peter's following Thomas. Okay, you see, uh, I'm going to have you all do. I don't think stealth is necessary because 
it looks like it looks like um, Randolph is not paying attention. He's he's moving rather swiftly. There's moments when he's almost broken into a, a run, you know, not a really fast run, but it's like he knows he has a limited time for his lunch, and he is very definitely heading towards his home. Um, you guys managed to stay behind him far enough back to where he doesn't see. And uh, uh, as he turns a corner and you guys catch up, you see him going into a tenement building uh, that's about six stories high. Um, you're not sure which, which room he's in. Does this tally up with the address I have of him? Yes. Okay. Uh, but there will definitely be a listing, you know, on the mailboxes or whatever. Um, are you guys going to go in? Uh, was he carrying anything? No. And he's dressed as an orderly still. He didn't change. He's Correct. got on like white top and bottom. Correct. Sort of. Yeah. And, and barehanded. Uh, I think we should wait and see what he comes out with. He's in such an awful, like he's either going home to hide something. Like, you guys didn't talk to him really at all? And he's this freaked out, so urgent. He was definitely nervous. He was definitely evasive. Um... Yeah, he just overheard the, the conversation with um, Dr. Wells about the, the drug. Definitely acting suspicious. I guess. Well, I'm suspicious. If he if he's trying to destroy evidence, he'll just flush it in the toilet down the hall. Maybe I should follow him in. I'm trying to think of a lie. If he wanted to destroy evidence, he could have done it at the hospital. Well, unless it was something in his home that he's come to get rid of. That yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <coughs> presumably drugs that are mind-altering, since that's the conversation that made him so alarmed. It's, I look around, is there a policeman around? Do a luck roll. Well, you could always tell, Peter, you could always tell him that he's come into some kind of inheritance. 99. Did you want there to be a policeman around? Did you want there to be an earthquake? <laughs> well, well um, I did. To be honest, I did okay. want to, then there's a, not the option of a policeman. Mm. Yeah, there's no policeman around this neighborhood. Okay, I'm a lawyer with a card. I'm going to go into the lobby and see what his apartment number is. Okay. And well, I can tell you that, Peter. It's, it's apartment number. I have his address. For um, you you don't know what room he's in because they just put it in the it's just the building the Tomaszowski box. Okay. Um, but yeah, you see Tomaszowski's box. Uh, it's uh, five hundred one, so it's on the fifth floor, room number one. Okay. Is there a fire exit? Go yeah. with you if you want. So there's a back there's a back way out. Mm. You can see that the, you can see that the fire exits come. Uh, to the uh, windows at the end of each, uh, what would hallway. be probably a central hallway oh, on yeah. each level. Maybe, maybe Rachel, you, you and me, we should stay outside. 
Uh, Eugene, you, you can take this uh, and I'll hand him back the, uh, the implement. You probably have a better use of this than me if something right. goes. So Perhaps me and Jacobus can wait around the back in case he tries to escape the back way. Yeah. So Peter, as you uh, go into the building and you're looking at this, you can hear somebody going up the stairs. There's no elevator. It's right. You hear the, the, the wooden stairs going up. Um, you can also hear maybe a baby crying here and a couple fighting in their apartment over there or whatever's going on during the day. Somebody's really enjoying the radio and, and Fret right. 201. Uh, so you know it's on 501. You heading up there? Yeah. Yeah. Getting in, getting some air in now before I go up five flights of tenement stairs. All right. Um, you're in good health. So up you go. Uh, takes you only a minute or two to get up the five flights. Um, the tenement building itself, you know, has its smells. Uh, but, you know, this is 1920s. You're, you're used to that sort of thing. So, all right. So you get there and you can see that his, his room is the first room. Uh, it's actually the farthest room from the window and the escape. Mm -hmm. All right. Mr. Tomaszewski. You knock on the door, and for a moment, there's there's no answer, and you hear, "What? Who? Who is that?" Uh, is this the uh, residence of Randall Tomaszewski? Um, who wants to know? Uh, the name's Harrow, Peter Harrow. I'm an attorney. There, uh, there may there's important papers that I need uh, to present you with. Um, you start to hear uh, some, like, moving around. Uh, go away, he yells. I'm not interested in your salesmanship. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Tomaszewski, I assure you, uh, I, don't have any, uh, I don't have any bad news. I know you've had some unfortunate press recently. Uh, and uh, I know that your employment at the, at the hospital is uncertain. Um, I think you, I think you'd like to uh, hear what I have to say. Um, do a couple of things for me. Do a spot hidden, which is really smell, smell hidden. Okay. 47 is barely no, this, this is just Peter. Um, and also do a listen roll. Where's my listen? For the listen oh, it's a little better. Here. Oh, 12. Okay. Um, so it's, it's Peter, you smell something weird, um, almost exotic, like something maybe you smelled in a, a fancy shop or a like, like incense, like incense. Yeah. Like incense. And you can hear Tomaszowski muttering something as if he's talking to somebody. Um, pleading. Mm. It sounds it sounds like pleading. Uh, uh, I, uh, 
I'm sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't have any Polish, Mr. Tomaszewski. Uh, you have to speak English. I, why don't you just open the door? Um, it, it should only take a minute of your time. Get the fuck out of here, he yells. That's uh, it's very uncivil, Mr. Tomaszewski. Uh, you know, you shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. <laughs> What's that smell? Yeah, um, um, I'm gonna whisper to you, tell him it's about imports. Okay. Eugene, did you go upstairs? Yeah, I, go, I did go upstairs with him. Okay, because oh. the other two stayed outside. Yeah. I didn't know you went upstairs with him. Okay. Uh, maybe I didn't talk it loudly enough. Okay. Potentially. Um, Horatio and Jacobus. I, I had the impression that Eugene was a little, maybe five steps behind Peter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just I missed that. All right. You, uh, Horatio and Jacobus, you guys are outside, watching Around the building the, at the back. Right. Do a um, spot hidden for me. That is a boss. Okay. Um, Jacobus, you look up at the building and you suddenly see a window on the fifth floor uh, where there is no fire escape. You see the window open and you see Tomaszowski. Um, he's, he's come to the window and He's looking like he's going to try and climb out the window. My donor, Horatio, is that Tomaszewski? This is a window, it's not the fire escape. Correct. He's lost his mind. I'm just going to step back, look around, and see if there's anything that. Whatever reason he may want to jump onto, or is going to kill himself. Peter, you hear what sounds like the window open. You hear it slide up inside the room. Uh, uh, maybe he's letting the smoke out. I don't know. What is it? I hit a fifteen on a, on listen to. So logically, do I hear it? You you heard the mumbling as well. Do I need now, to now make a psychology stopped. roll to to realize that he's about to jump? Um, no, it doesn't look like he's going to jump. It looks like he's trying to find a way to get the hell out of that room. Okay. I'll 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 shout and say, "Hey, Randolph." Um. That'll call him. Mm. Well, it'll either <laughs> get him running. You call up to him, and uh, he's he's looking for a, a to see if he can find a handy hold um, to to scale out of the window. And when you yell up to him. He looks back down at you, and the sun is kind of hitting him in the face. And he puts his hand like that. And as he does, he loses his handy hold, and he flips out the window. And you hear him yell loudly. Uh, Peter, you also hear him yell loudly. 
as uh, he tumbles out the window, falls five stories, and hits the pavement with a thud and a crunch and a splatter of blood. Uh, Horatio and Jacobus mm. about 30 feet from where you're standing. Do a, oh. a sanity roll. Oh, dear. Oh, my goodness. Fail. 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 Um, it's 1D2. Uh, Peter, uh, you hear the scream. What do you do? Peter and Eugene, what do you do? Eugene, get the, get the door. It shouldn't take much. My scream's louder. You want me to break the door? Yeah. If, if, if there's any chance we can save him. Okay, well, do I try roll strength? Uh, roll strength. Okay. It's not much of a door. You do it with a bonus dice. Bonus lose, dice? Yeah. Okay. I lose one point Four, of sanity and. 45 on 40. You want to spend some luck? Yeah, but. I can try to help. Well, if the two of you try, I don't think that it would resist. All right, the door blasts, the door breaks open. Um, Tomaszowski's apartment is a mess. Okay. Surprise. Um, You smell the strong smell of incense. It's, It's got somewhat of a pleasant smell, but at the same time, there's something very nasty in the smell. Um. Well, straight to the window first, because we yeah. don't know. Uh, you look, yeah, you run, you, you, you sort of have to step over the garbage. Um, mm-hmm. You get to the window, and you look out, and you see Tomaszowski's crumpled body down below with Horatio and Jacobus uh, slowly approaching it. Um, so oh, Eugene, <laughs> do, Eugene, do a spot hidden. Oh. Yeah, spot oh, hidden. Yeah. Out of fluffs, it's a miss. I'm actually losing my lunch. Yeah. Okay. That's you can do a constitution roll if if you're losing your lunch, you're losing it. Um uh Eugene, you with your keen uh nose for French cuisine, <laughs> there is definitely something rotting in this room. Uh, you don't know what it is immediately, but you, you can tell that there is something rotting in here, uh, despite the incense. Uh, Peter, as you look around um, against one wall uh, in, in a kind of a clear spot uh, on, the, on the refuse on the floor, um, uh, you see this. It looks like a primitive sort of altar set up. Very unsavory. I'm happy to see there's nothing obviously Indian looking. Do I recognize any of these symbols except from the pulp magazines? Uh, Nope. Looks like devil worship stuff as far as you're concerned. Do the skulls look like human skulls or are they clearly fake? Yeah, they look like human skulls. This was a very bad man. Um, all right. Uh, Eugene, we should leave here within two or three minutes. Um, yeah. We, the authorities don't think we broke in and threw him out the window. 
Something's uh, rotting in there. Everything's rotting in here. Jacobus, Jacobus, is he is he dead? Um, um, Jacobus is is a little bit um, <laughs> taking a bag is not the word. Uh, I, I think so, Horatio. Um, are there any are there any witnesses um, around? Not at the moment. No. <sighs> um, I'll. Um, this is this is bad for business, Horatio. We need to get out of here. Um, I'll I'll step closer and just bend down and. Do a quick check. Okay. Uh, do a spot hidden. Right. No. Okay. No. I, I can see that he's dead. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, you, you you can tell that he's his skull has been crushed when it hit the ground. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't see much more than that. Horatio, you can do a, a spot hidden as well. I'm not really looking at his body. I'm too squeamish. Okay. I, maybe well, with a... Maybe, <laughs> no. How about if I? Oh, I know it's, do, yeah. it, do an intelligence roll then. No, no, no. Okay. no. All right, that's fine. Um, uh, Eugene, are you looking around for whatever it, it is that smells? Uh, fuck no. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm just uh, getting out of here as fast as possible, you know, the kind of stuff. All right. I think we have a couple of minutes. I mean, somebody, some people in this building, mostly housewives, will have heard him scream as he fell. But I think this neighborhood, the police took a few minutes to bother to answer a call. They might not even have a phone in this building. Right. It might be about going down to the phone on the street, that police box on the street. Right. Um, and when the authorities do get here and see that he's got a couple of human skulls, they're not going to ask a lot more questions. But I'd like to see if there's anything here, anything Indian, or and then maybe take a little piece of the incense so that I can share it with Bernard. Okay. If there's some that's unburnt. All right. Um, so you're looking around the room. Uh, do a spot hidden for me. Seventy-seven is we just can't find anything. It's like, well, you're pretty sure the smell is coming from the kitchen. Oh, there's even a little attached kitchen. All right, yeah, just, maybe okay. Sure. What's in the ice box? All right, uh, in the ice box, uh, when you open it, you're, you're assaulted by the smell. Um, there are animal body parts inside the refrigerator you can do a sanity roll and a uh um constitution constitution roll. yeah you did the YouTube. police let him out okay fail the sanity just take one or two points of damage ace the con okay i was i entered with my handkerchief ready Okay. More mercies. Uh, Horatio and Jacobus, um, you notice somebody stare out, suddenly come to their window and look out. Uh, do you guys want to hang around or do you want to get the hell away or what do you want to do? 
Well, the the good citizen in me wants to be concerned about this poor poor soul. And at the moment, it looks like a suicide. Hmm. Um. He, he fell from 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 up there. Um. Call the police. All right. So somebody is going to call the police. And then I'll I'll Rachel. Let's 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 move. See uh, if we can find the other two. Yes. 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 All right. You're going. Let's, you're going to go into the building then. We're going to go around round to the front of the building. We'll round to the front and see if 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 Peter and Eugene comes down. Okay. And as you're going around the front, you see somebody um, come out of the building and go to the police box on the corner and make a phone call to the police. Uh, Eugene and Peter, what do you do? I already began began to going out to go down. Okay, you're you're. So, I think I'm about a flight behind you, Jen. Okay. Well, before you leave the room, I'd like you both to do spot hidden. Eventually, dice will behave. There we are. Thirty-two is regular. Sixty-six. Uh, Sixty-six. Uh, spend one. Spend one luck. Okay. Barely um, pass. Eugene, uh, one thing that you notice just before you leave is there's definitely a, a number of things that look like drug paraphernalia, um, uh, a number of bottles, that, uh, a number of containers that could be cocaine or laudanum or morphine or, or things like that. Maybe things that he's lifted from the hospital, except that they don't look like they're in official bottles you know, like hospital bottles. And yeah. Uh, and then you're heading out the door. And Peter, as you are just about to step out the door and close it, you look over uh, and, and something catches your eye in the kitchen uh, as you glance back over there. It's something that up until this, it, it's been sitting there all this time. It's it, it's just your mind blanked it out because it's so familiar, but there's a basket of fruits and vegetables sitting on that counter that look extremely familiar. And that's where we will end it for this evening. Our players included uh, Yusuf Gita, David Gassaway, Chris Van, Vi Chris, uh, Van Wyck, and uh, uh, Simon, boy, my line, Simon Pianfier, Pianfier, with myself as Keeper of the Secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.